0: figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. All right, welcome back to the Intentional Parents podcast. Uh, Today I have Phil and Diane here. Elizabeth is uh, unfortunately not able to be with us because real life happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's with our four kids because we had a sitter planned for uh, some podcast recording and some things fell through. This whole uh, Om- Omicron thing is uh, real yeah. and it's taking mm-hmm. everybody out. Yeah. Uh, and Phil, I know you've been, you haven't been feeling so great. Tell us about that. Well,
1: not with Not with not COVID. With, oh,
0: sorry, I did set that up wrong. Not with COVID, but you have been sick.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got, I, I've been sick for two weeks. I can't even remember the last time I was this sick. <laughs> I but, love- you know, I was planning to start a diet. In January 1st, like <laughs> half the world, right? Because I love eating all that good Christmas oh, stuff. But all so I've lost do. 10 pounds because,
0: just from being sick
1: because I couldn't eat anything. <laughs>
0: That's even so sick. You still look, I mean, you, you look great. You looked oh, great yeah, before, but you that. still look i got great. more to go. But anyway, I'm
1: just glad to be here. Honestly, a couple days ago, I wasn't sure if I could do this podcast. So oh, I, know. I keep saying every day, I think I'm getting better. And Diane says, you're not better.
0: <laughs> but I'm I'm better. Right before this, we were talking about how it was actually a point of tension where you guys were, She, you kept saying you were getting better, uh-huh. but she's like, listen, I see you looking almost dead on the couch. You don't look we better. We almost got
1: in a fight. <laughs> we did. We Even did. though she's been so wonderful in taking care of me. And she was saying, like, stop you're telling me you're getting better.
2: <laughs> exactly. Now, and we don't know that you did not have Omicron variant mm. because... Yeah. We you know, know, in the state of Oregon, it is almost impossible to get a test within yeah. the, even the ten day period of which you are supposed to be infected. I know. So we looked everywhere, went online everywhere, and no tests. So no tests. We don't really know why Phil got sick and um but he is getting better. He is getting every better every day. He is I getting I had a better. gnarly <laughs>
1: ear infection and the medication was was are, crazy. Uh, but you know, yeah. my,
0: my favorite exactly. thing you said this morning, which was your metric of if you're better or not, is like, I still don't even want coffee. Yes, <laughs> yes that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, how I yeah. know I'm sick. Yeah. Ever since I've coffee. been your
1: age, I know I'm sick when I don't want coffee. <laughs> that's how you and know. I still don't want coffee.
0: <laughs> so this is real. Everyone, if you are listening in, this is a serious moment for our family. Phil has not drank coffee for how many days? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still happy. And Too enjoyable. many. That's good. That's good. Well, um, thank you for those who have left uh, a comment or rated the podcast. And just a reminder, if this has blessed you in any way, would you please just rate the podcast or leave a comment? It is so encouraging to us. It helps us get the word out more. So thanks for everyone that's done that. We recently got a question that we actually kind of um, dove into today. And before we started uh, recording and hit the record button, we were looking through some of the questions that... Uh, you listeners had sent in. And one that really just stuck out, we sensed even by the spirit we were supposed to jump into and, and answer was a question and more of a statement. It was talk about parenting in light of your own broken childhood without healthy modeling. So whoever sent that in, thank you so much. We really appreciate you and can really relate with exactly where you're at. And so what we decided to do today, even though Elizabeth's not here on this episode, um, we basically wanted to walk through uh, four different ways in which we see and which we've experienced in our own life and own journey of how you can parent even raise passionate Jesus followers, in light of your own broken childhood, even in light of your own trauma, or even if you didn't have healthy modeling. So uh, that is possible. We want to give you hope even right off the bat that that is possible. The Bible talks about this um, and even our own story. So to get us started today, though, just to give a little context of where we are coming from, um, Diane, I would love for you to just kind of give a couple of seconds on your background, mm-hmm. and the house you grew up in. And if anyone's listened, you've obviously heard some of this before, but but mm-hmm. give, again, for this moment, yeah. this context, give us some examples of how you grew up in your family.
2: Well, for most of my childhood, my parents didn't know Jesus at all. They knew about him because back then, everybody in America, it seems, had been to church at least sometimes. And there was there were glimpses of hunger in their lives. They would have been called to coin the term we use so often in the 80s and 90s, they would have been called maybe seekers. Okay. But they definitely did not know the way of Jesus. They didn't know who Jesus really was um, or what he could do in our lives. And when I was 15 and we'd moved back from being overseas um, for my dad's job, um, that we all stumbled upon this church where we heard the gospel really clearly Mm -hmm. presented for the very first time. I was 15 years old. It was like a no-brainer to me. I want that. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy decision to make. I want in. Yeah. Um, my parents, it was more complicated. They would have been, what, in maybe their 40s. Um, th- their lives were involved in things that were not part of Jesus, and so it took, A while for them to untangle, to learn, to figure out what this meant, to follow Jesus, and then to untangle. And it was messy. So Mm -hmm. I can't really say I was raised in a Christian home, even though my parents did become followers of Jesus later on. And my mom had trauma in her background. Um, Mm -hmm. An abusively angry father. And she didn't want to be like him, but if you don't have Jesus, how do you 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 even do, what else do you do? Mm -hmm. So she was... Mm -hmm at times way out of control, angry with us. Mm. Um, and so there was hurts and there was all sorts of, I mean, that that messes you up as a child. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest. It messes you up and it messed me up. And I brought some of that mess up into my parenting. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I was so determined not to be like my mom mm. and I was so shocked When I would see those traits come up in my life, it was just horrifying and humiliating. Mm -hmm. And I think that is actually a beautiful place to start Mm -hmm. when you realize, oh my gosh, I was raised by a mom who was a mess. I'm a mess. And, um... I think that God can do amazing things there and what he did for me was really early before I even had children started to put things on my heart of how I wanted to do life differently hmm. how I wanted to go a different way how I wanted to have some different values and those those ideas became Strong convictions, as I found them, I'd be ta- reading through my Bible at our church. Mm-hmm. Was taught, you know, you read through the Bible every year, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, which is good for a person like me with absolutely yeah. no background. I wouldn't necessarily teach that's for everybody every year yeah. now, because sometimes it prevents you from really going deep. But I got this overview every year, and I the, those convictions. I want to do this differently. Would come around, and I'd read something, say, "Okay, that that's one." That's one thing. That is a value of Jesus. That's a value of mine. So I think for when you haven't been raised in a healthy way in some ways, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, you have an advantage in a sense of you know where you don't want to go. Yeah, And you also, because of that, because it was a long time before I knew the Lord and Phil's story is similar, and we'd messed up at different areas of our lives, you do have convictions. You want your kids to avoid those things. Yeah. And so you're going to jump in and train pretty early on the things that you really hope that they didn't follow in your footsteps don't follow in your footsteps yeah so yeah man, and yours that- is you know, i think the reason that Brooke and I really wanted to answer this question is because yeah. Brooke and I have this really strong thing um in common is that we both know what it means to have been born into families whose parents were either first generation christians or mm-hmm. just coming back to the lord or yeah, you know, a situation where where we weren't raised with whole people, but with parents who were trying to do the best they could from their own really broken yeah background. Yeah. So you want to tell us about that?
0: For yeah, me? yeah. I, that I think it's a great way to say it. And you know, as many, I think we mentioned a while ago that my dad was on hospice recently, and he had just passed this yeah. uh, December twenty ninth, seven thirteen in the morning. My mom called me. Um, and you know, it shared with me that my yeah. dad had passed and, and he was so, he was 57. So he was yeah, very young. young. Um, and obviously there's a lot, I'm going to stop talking about it anymore or, or I won't make it through the podcast. But, yeah. um, you know, obviously when you lose a parent and this is my first time, um, there's just all of this stuff that comes up and I've always been, uh, already been very introspective and, uh, wanting to understand generational sin and understand, um, uh, the family of origin and what happened. And, Mm -hmm. and I have to say that, you know, I grew up in a context with my, I went to church. My parents were first generation Christians, but yeah, just, they came into their own marriage at 18 years old when they decided to Mm -hmm. get married, just that those really beaming mature adults of 18 years old, uh, get married and decide to have kids by 20. They had three kids by the time my mom was, my mom and dad were 24. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a lot, like, that's a lot to take on. And so, you know, growing up, um, I knew Jesus, but obviously there was a lot of things that they never got that they could mm-hmm. never pass down. Mm-hmm. And I remember for a long time, and even as in the process of my dad dying, I had to tell him a handful of times, like, I was really mad at you for a long time and in different areas because I thought you just didn't give me something that you could have given me. But to learn that he never possessed something and he couldn't mm-hmm. give me something he didn't possess, mm-hmm. he couldn't pass on what he didn't possess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it gave me all of this empathy and when I started to sit down with my mom and talk to her about all the stories of my dad's upbringing and my mom's upbringing and how insane they were mm-hmm. and how tragic they were, and not just in their generation but in the it started actually before in mm-hmm. in her dad when her dad was a baby and and her great and my great grandparents and her grandparents, and to recognize like, wow, there was brokenness. Uh, there, they had My mom hadn't had healthy modeling, neither had her mom her, or mm-hmm. her dad, you know? And so they're mm-hmm. trying to get together what they can. And by the time my dad, um, before he went completely, you know, unconscious for a handful of days, I was able to have lots of conversations. And one of the conversations I remember having was just thanking him for all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really came to a place of, deep gratitude for what he gave me and what he absorbed and what Mm -hmm. they decided to like, say, we're not going to pass these things Mm -hmm. on. And so whoever's listening and whoever's question this was, or wherever you're at and whatever broken childhood you have, uh, we want to remind you today that there is like, there's hope, there's Mm -hmm. deep, there's beautiful hope in Jesus. And even if you didn't have a healthy model, you can start, you know, even Mm -hmm. now. And so um, what I'd love to do is uh, we're going to work through these four points. We have some scripture, we have some things that we've put together. So I'm going to start us off on the first on the first point, And then, uh, and there's a scripture with that. So the first thing that we would just encourage you to do, if this is you and you are trying to parent in light of your own broken childhood without healthy modeling, the first thing we would encourage you to do is to be honest about your own brokenness. Mm-hmm. Be honest about the fact that you have room to grow. Be honest with yourself, be honest with your spouse. Um, one verse that uh, came to mind when we were Uh, preparing for this is Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. I'll read it real quick. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. I love that part. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Phil and Diane, give me your thoughts, your heart on this first one, to be honest about our own brokenness in light of Jesus and the power of the cross and, and the Holy Spirit.
1: No, I think that's the beginning. I mean, God says in that Hebrews verse, God says that we're broken. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's what, whatever you want to call it. God uses broken people who are honest, who come before him and say, Lord, I need you. You know, we sang yes. that song for all I need you. Oh, I need you. Oh, yes. Every hour I need you. You know, and yeah. and I I feel like um that's the beginning of life because yes. it's it's the weak things that God can then come in and infuse with power. But pride says, "Hey, I, I'm okay. I, I'm going to push through. I'm I'm going to yeah. I, I can do this, you know." Yes, and so yes. I, I think that 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 God loves brokenness. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we see this in some of the great men and women of the Bible, you know, even David who, you know, messed up later in life. I mean, yeah. you just look at his life. He was this humble, tender-hearted shepherd boy that mm-hmm. loved the Lord and wrote songs of praise. And he had this intimate relationship with him. And I just think it starts there. Yeah. And when we come to God as we are, mm-hmm. he accepts us as we are, but he mm-hmm. loves us too much to let us stay where as we are, we are yeah. and he takes us forward. And, you know, uh, I love that verse in Isaiah that says, um, to him who lacks might, he increases power mm-hmm. that's isaiah yeah. forty twenty nine wow. and so I just think that's just the beginning of life and you think, yes. "Wow, this is yep. not me like I'm actually coming out of this brokenness because mm-hmm. I've acknowledged it before him, and mm-hmm. suddenly healing comes, and power comes, and help comes."
2: hmm I also just love this verse in James, um, James 5, 16. There's a whole list there of going on what to do, yeah. um, how to apply prayer, and what to do when things are not going well with you. And one of them, uh, verse 16, says, confess your sins. And I understand that that word for sins there is your faults. Confess, mm. your, confess your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And we usually separate the ne- the second half of the verse. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. And remember, yeah, we're righteous yeah. because of Jesus' righteousness in us. Yeah. So you may say, "Oh, I, that's not going to work for me. I'm not righteous." Yes, you are. Yeah. If you are a lover and a follower of Jesus, if you've given him your life and your heart, you are actually righteous. Mm-hmm. And the earnest prayer means you really mean it, right? Yeah. I just love that. Um, yeah. But I also, I also feel like it's really important we, we are confessing our sins to God. That's even a very acceptable, acceptable American thing to do. But we mm. also, here in this verse, we are confessing our sins to each other. Yeah, Which speaks to of stop faking it, you know, yes. stop pretending that you're the yes. p- perfect parent. Thank you. And, you know, now at this at this point uh, in our parenting, a lot of our conversations that will come up are confessing my sins, my faults to my children. I yeah. wish I hadn't done that. I am so sorry for how that has tripped you up and shaped the way you view God. And that's healthy. It's healthy to be confessing our sins to each other. But if you're in a community group or with a community of really good friends, this should be like a regular practice. Absolutely. Okay, like when when did you blow it as a dad this week? Let it confess it. How much time? Do Let's we have? pray over you. Um, there is there's healing yes. that comes. That's yes. the word here. It's not not condemnation. But healing. Not yeah. you better Confession. buck up and follow the ten steps. Yeah. It's it's you'll be healed. Yes. And we need healing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Isaiah 57, 15. I memorized this a long time ago, but thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever and ever, whose name is holy. But he says, I dwell in a high and holy place and also mm-hmm. with the contrite and lowly of spirit.
2: I love that. Mm.
1: In order to revive the spirit of the lowly. So God says, "Those are my people." The, yes. <laughs> you know. Yes. Those are my people. And you know, and then in Isaiah later on Isaiah says, you know, he's heaven is his throne and but mm. he dwells with those who tremble at his yes. word. So it's like yes. that's all God's looking for.
0: Well, and yeah. and this is so everything. Uh, thank you for both of those verses and I, you know, as we're even processing all this, I know this is, I come from this place of saying, okay, I didn't have all the models that I wanted. So I'm, I'm having to find my own. And I want to encourage anybody, like if you're hearing Diane and Phil, both you together have raised four children who love Jesus, who are imperfect. I'm married <laughs> to one. She's incredible. She still is not perfect. Neither is Matthew, <laughs> neither is John Mark, neither is Rebecca. They're incredible <laughs> humans though, better than most. And, you know, to hear your background, I hope to, Brings people hope that who are listening to realize like you can come from just the gnarliest of places. And it starts with you confessing and not in a judgmental, shame filled way, but confessing that this is where you're at. And, uh, you know, what we don't transform, we transmit, you Mm -hmm. know? So if you're not willing to admit that you have to grow. Um, you you really won't be able mm-hmm. to move on past that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my uh, favorite quotes uh, about grace, I'm going to read it. It's from Dallas Willard. He he has a bunch of different sayings, but this is his uh, definition of grace, obviously very rooted mm-hmm. in scripture, but he has a little fun take on it. He says this, grace is not opposed to effort, but to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. Mm-hmm. Grace is not just about forgiveness, although it is. If we had never sinned, we would still need grace. Mm-hmm. Grace is God acting in our life to do what we cannot do on our own. Amen. Grace is what we live by, and the human system won't work without it. Mm. And then my favorite sentence of all at the end. The saint, you and I, uses grace like a 747 jet burns gas on takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. You know, we, we need grace. Grace. grace and you know there and there's grace for anybody that sits there and says i just don't have all of this figured out yeah. i really am not happy with some of the models i have or the models i've tended to go back to or the mm-hmm. things i've picked up and maybe you intentionally went on one path that wasn't, you know, your upbringing and you realized, well, that was a dead end too. So it just is taking a moment to be honest about your own brokenness. Let Jesus into that space. Mm -hmm.
1: What's that first quote you said about what isn't transformed? You transmit. Yeah. What what you don't transform, you transmit. Yeah. So there's another side to that. What God does transform, you transmit. Yes. Yes. And so I think so that we're talking about how do you parent if you came from a broken situation, which might, my situation was different. I had great parents. Um, but, uh, uh, as God transforms you then mm. you are actually transmitting to your kids yes. <laughs> what Jesus has done in you, and that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's why you said there's hope for anybody. There is. You know, it's like it doesn't, it, and it just begins there with that. Like we like we always say, you can't pass on what you don't possess. Mm-hmm. But you can pass on what you do possess, I mm-hmm. guess what I'm saying. So <laughs> as, you, and, as you stay broken before the Lord, you know.
2: And you in can, a sense, you can't help but pass on what you no, do possess. It's not right. like you say, okay, I'm going to teach this Bible study to my kids about integrity <laughs> because— I wasn't taught this myself. Yes, the Bible study is a really great thing to do, but you'll be preaching integrity for the whole rest of your life because Jesus did this remarkable thing in you, and he Mm -hmm. made you really value integrity and honesty. So you you can't help but pass on what you possess. You can't help but spill out of the abundance of your own heart and and that's the beauty of walking with God is that he's constantly changing you. I yeah. I heard a preacher kind of put it in a rough way one day, but it made sense to me. It's like you turn like God is this faucet of cool icy cool water and he's turned it up and just picture it just spewing all this water out of the faucet. And you are thirsty and you're parched and you decide, "No, nah, I'm not going to go there." And so you stay thirsty and parched. Or you say, I'm going to drink my fill. And that's what it is. You come into the presence of Jesus and you drink his water. And that water transforms you. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily see it because Yeah. It- the transformation process is painfully so slow, slow. Oh my goodness, and yes. it's two step forwards and one step backwards mm-hmm. because you, you know, we're, we're living with these enemies, the world, the flesh and the devil all conspiring against us. Mm-hmm. And, um, we just need to be drinking deeply of that. Well, and and then giving to our kids out of the abundance of yeah. what's fresh and new to us. I would have loved to have come. I'd love to be able to say that I come from four generations of passionate <laughs> Jesus followers, which
1: is still amazing. And God's idea. It ideals. is
2: like beautiful. I mean, I just I want that story. Yeah. I don't have that story. Yeah. But I do remember the two of us fell in, with the year you were in grad school in the on the east side of Portland, Oregon. We were originally from sunny California, and we were sitting on there on the east side in this horrible, oldy-moldy house. And you were going to grad school at and Multnomah. And it was raining. And it was raining all the time. <laughs> and and I remember us getting on our knees and saying we... John Mark was... Six Just a few months, ma- six months old, getting us on our knees and saying, we absolutely, we want to re- raise children who are passionately following Jesus, who in the, our words at the time was, who love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, but yeah. we yeah. haven't a clue how to do it. Yeah. and And so that's where it started, out of our brokenness, not yeah. because we knew it all and we thought, wow, we better pass on all this great wisdom to others.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, I think we all need to remember. Every parent needs to remember that values are caught more yeah. than they're taught. Yeah. yeah, they. We need to teach them. Yes. But you know, let's face it: the kid, our kids, don't hear everything we say, yeah. right? No. And so your kids, they'll hear some of what you say, but who, what you largely pass on is who you are. Right. Yeah. And so when we say, "Yeah, Lord, heal me," uh-huh. Uh-huh. change me, which is exactly what is His plan to conform yes. you to the very image of His yes. Son. In Romans chapter eight, yep. says that mm-hmm. He's yes. going to do it. Yeah. It's just when we cooperate, it happens faster. Way and faster. our kids are less damaged. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and
2: I do remember one point, And my mom had just come from a, a church retreat. I was 17 by this point. Sure that my parents were, you know unbelievers condemned to hell at the time, (laughs) very judgmental. And they had not really seen fruit in their life. And she comes home from this retreat and she brings me up to her room and she says, she must talk to me. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get it now. I've done something. She's going to be mad. And she apologized to me. I'm so sorry, Diane, for being so angry with you. Uh, I'm just figuring this out. Um, Wow. And we had this conversation like I'd never had with her before. And I do remember just a few months afterwards listening in high school to a teaching on the Holy Spirit and realizing, oh my gosh, it's real. Because if yeah. Jesus can change my mom, then he can change, change anybody. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean only he could change this, you know, woman who I was at that point very judgmental and yeah. angry with myself.
0: I love that. And I was going to say what that kind of leads to is our next point, which Mm -hmm. is point number two, which is to decide to. Mm -hmm. So first, be honest about your own brokenness, wherever you're at. Recognize there's grace, there's mercy, there's help. Um, that's the beginning point. But then you have to decide to do it. You have to decide that I want to be this type of person Mm -hmm. and this parent. And obviously, intentional is going to be, hopefully, you know, if you're hearing this podcast, hopefully we can be a resource or help to you. But we might not even be the best help for you, depending Mm -hmm. upon your situation. You might need uh, therapy. You might need a community. You might be a single mom who's just struggling to get by day by day and need practical help. And but the first thing you need to do is decide to do it. Decide to be a person who says, hey, I'm actually going to do the work. I'm going to figure out what the work is and I'm going to begin to do it. I can't tell you how many people yeah. I talk to who just stopped developing in their mm-hmm. 30s. Like you just yeah. see their life and they're like, I did the work, but like I kind of just want to coast now. And yeah. and you see, I mean, I know that I'm, I'm thinking of a few people in my mind, but I'm also uh, know so many people um, that have friends or family that have done that, and you just see their lives. And they're just they're just so small and so sad because mm-hmm. they didn't decide to mm-hmm. maybe do some of the hard work that it's going to take, but not impossible work to mm-hmm. take,
2: or keep deciding. Yes, keep deciding. It's like every day. I love the verse in Joshua, the very end. You know, uh, and, and starts in verse fourteen, uh, chapter twenty four, verse fourteen, and says, "So honor the Lord and serve Him." Wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I like the wholeheartedly because that's not like perfectly or, you know, it's wholeheartedly. I wholeheartedly follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so our ancestors are, you know, Brooke and, and me especially, yeah. worshipped idols that led to catastrophe. Yeah, um, Serve the Lord alone. Then choose today whom you will serve. And then down in verse, where am I? 15. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Yes. I remember reading that as a young teenager and one of my go throughs the Bible and saying, okay, there it is. That's it for me. As mm. for me and my family, we will start from the get-go. And that is serving the Lord. And that even informed who I did and didn't date. Mm. Um." In high school, just because I thought, okay, so not everybody, obviously, I knew that not everybody does this.
0: Yes. Wow. So now thinking about the deciding to, you know, if you and if, if we're sitting here and we're saying, hey, and we're encouraging anybody listening to decide, what are some of the things that we can do? you know, maybe to actually begin to decide. And the the reason I asked that question, I know that sounds maybe broad. I'll make it a little more specific. Basically committing to something can be hard for our mm-hmm. time generation. You have a lot of commitments already. So deciding to can almost sound like commitment to like, what are you going to commit to do? And when I hear those words, I'm thinking I have a lot of things I've already decided to commit to. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, this is like of utmost importance. And so mm-hmm. Prioritizing um, scripture reading, prior prioritizing, and not just for the the check the box legalistic right. to read your scriptures. It's to be filled with the Spirit to understand God's character, to understand what you're deciding to do, who you're deciding to be with, mm-hmm. um, and commitment. You know that idea is just simply a matter of choosing and implementing a course of action. It's deciding to do something and mm-hmm. implementing it. Mm-hmm. So what is it around your day, around your life schedule? You know, some of some people follow a rule of life. I know I, I follow a rhythm of life because I hate rules, so I follow. <laughs> Rhythm of life, yeah. um, but that helps me stay on track. There's mm-hmm. just certain things within that, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm cl- opening and closing my day with the scriptures. I need to exercise four times a week because whether I like it or not, this body, this <laughs> as someone called it the other day, this meat bag. <laughs> I was talking to this guy. He's like, I just get mad at my old meat bag when it responds the wrong way. I'm like, what? I've never heard of this before. Anyway, he was really sweet, but um, you know, you you actually are. And you care for your body, you care for your mind. You you know what are those things that you can decide to do? And as you decide to do them, um, the Spirit will come and continue to to bless. So, uh, moving on to the third thing, um, the third thing we would encourage you to do, and that we have just learned and we are growing in again, don't have it perfectly, even close, but is to submit your operating system to the Holy Spirit submit how you operate, how you move through the day, how you act, the things that come out of you that you don't even know are in you, submitting yourself wholly and fully uh, to Jesus. And I know, Phil, you had a couple um, thoughts on this and a couple scriptures, I hope.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, submitting to God is... A joyful thing because he's God and nobody loves us more than he does, and yeah. and uh, he nobody knows us better than he does. He he knows us better than we know ourselves. And the longer I live, the more I'm realizing that I don't even know what's best for me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Lord, I think I want to go here, and God already knows that. No, you're not going to thrive there, whatever. So I think that you know the Bible calls it walking with God, yep. and I love that because life isn't a sprint; it's step after step after step, day mm-hmm. after day, hour after hour breaking it down to minutes and seconds, you know, choosing, deciding, mm-hmm. you know, do do I want to walk with God or am I going to follow the world, the flesh and the devil, which are mm-hmm. three enemies which will seek to pull us away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we got to remember we are in a battle. And so we've got to you can it's it's not it's not a playground, it's a battleground. Yes. Once you once you choose to follow Jesus, you know, you have those enemies. Mm-hmm. And the world is always going to pull at you. You're going to see that brand new car somebody got or whatever. And yeah. you know, and you're going to, you know, want more and the flesh is always gonna cry out to you to please itself and Satan is out to kill you. He wants to kill every father and every mother he can, because he wants to destroy the kids. Yeah. He doesn't want you to raise up a godly heritage. And so, mm-hmm. man, the more I hear that, I get excited, because greater is he was in you than he was in the world. So like, yeah. oh yeah, he's already defeated foe. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I have the power of the Lord. Yeah. And so uh, in Galatians 5, you know, which we like to quote, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, but right before the fruit of the Spirit, it talks about the fruit of the flesh, Hmm. And and there's the decision. So, you know, this is Paul's preaching here to to the Galatians in his letter to them. He's talking about freedom in Christ. And, and in fact, he says here, if you bite and devour one another, uh-huh. take care lest you be consumed by one another. That's our world right now. Yes. Everybody's biting and devouring each other and consuming yeah. each other. And our nation is so angry. Hmm. But the next verse says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Yes, so yes. the flesh is opposed, the spirit is opposed to the flesh. So once we come to Jesus, we, we live in, in the power and presence of yeah. God when we decide and when we choose to be filled Yes. and to say no to these things. Yes. And, and it says the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They're in opposition to one another yes. so that you can't do the things that you please. So he's basically saying we've got to choose, but if we choose... The way of the Lord to walk by the Spirit, then there's life. There's life. There's, there's life. And then, then he goes on and gives a long list of the deeds of the flesh, yes. outbursts of anger is in there. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I see that raise its oh. its ugly head in, in yes. my own heart. You know, even though yeah. we've been married forty three years, we can still get into little spats, right, babe? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. then hopefully we're getting Sometimes quicker. Sometimes
2: not so little. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hopefully we're become, they're becoming less frequent. Yeah. And no, but- we can solve them.
0: You know, more quickly. But I think what you're what you're pointing out, it's even it's all over the scriptures. I mean, this is a perfect reference. Another one that comes to mind is Colossians three. One, Mm -hmm. you know, since I've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things that are above. Yes. And then the next verse, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So it's taking your heart and it's taking your mind, it's taking your emotions, it's taking your thoughts. And instead of focusing on earthly things, and I'm going to say this for the mom and the dad that are listening, instead of being so absorbed in social media and what Mm. the world is saying, no wonder you're angry. If you're a mom Mm. listening and you're absorbed in, and you're using social media as an escape, and this is not a judgment at all because I have four kids and when I'm at home with them all by myself, I'm like, I would literally probably do much worse than than, than this Mm -hmm. if I, this, this is my whole life, this is really hard. Like it's incredibly challenging. But that said, if you're wondering why you're so angry and mm-hmm. what are you putting in front of your eyes, what is like in your mind, mm-hmm. what's uh, influencing your emotions? Mm-hmm. And that isn't judgment because, my goodness, we all fall into these things. It's actually to say, like, the Bible's really clear about this. When we submit ourselves to the Spirit and then we put our emotions, our heart, our mind, our thoughts on things that are heavenly, mm-hmm. what comes out of our life is the fruit that we're hoping, is mm-hmm. the things that we really ask for, that we're asking the Spirit for, which is beautiful.
2: So, I remember listening to a message that my son preached once, and John Mark said this phrase that I think goes through my mind all the time because it was so simple: Think about what you think about, and that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. you know uh, just recently, I had stopped listening to or going onto my phone and watching the news again because all that antagonism and just i my peace flees, I get uptight, tense, yes. and irritable. Because I'm listening to everybody else's irritation and just say to Phil, I don't want to, I don't want to be completely removed. But will you please tell me if there's anything I need to know? Disaster strikes. Will you just let me know and I'll look? But I can't look. At, I can't read the news every day oh, anymore yeah. because they're just triggers. Maybe a few things, you know, from an angry childhood background. All these angry people. Saying but you know what's so funny? Things. I
0: just literally listened to this most amazing podcast about um how much money the media organizations make through negativity through basing things yeah. through the negative and we wonder so often why is everything so negative because i mean when you hear something yeah. when i read something positive in the news i'm like oh my gosh this is very rare, rare. you realize <laughs> and they actually went through all the studies and they they basically showed and compared the amount of Traction, just as an example on social media, something negative will get Mm -hmm. uh, compared to something positive. Uh And you recognize, like, you kind of just see some of the demonic, you know, tangling Uh uh, in social media when you realize, like, when your mind is filled all day long with negativity, with hopelessness, Mm -hmm. no wonder you feel hopeless. No wonder. And when people are making money off of more time that you spend on that space to be influenced negatively. It's just like that's disastrous, and they're so being we,
2: very strategic about what I they're know. trying to do. So,
0: so just to maybe say, maybe to point out, like we we don't have an agenda about news or no. you know here at all. But the point being, where is your operating system? Are you submitted to the Holy Spirit? Are mm-hmm. you able to step away from these things to be able to be filled with mm-hmm. the Spirit? And if not, why not? You know, think about what you think about. Think
2: about you think about. I remember um, we were talking about earlier, just in our discussion before we started recording this about patience came, yeah. came up as a fruit of the spirit. And
0: mm. I
2: remembered me being a young first time mom. And, you know, I had Jamar when I was 21. Well, actually that's not completely true. <laughs> he was born early. And so he was born 10 days early. So I actually had him when I was 20, which is really embarrassing now.
0: Why is it um, embarrassing?
2: It's embarrassing for because how young you I was so not,
0: John Mark is so old and you're so young. This you, is perfect. Did, uh, you turned 21 <laughs> eight days later. <laughs>
2: yes, I did. 21 somehow seems better. Um, but I remember, I always thought, I'm really a patient person. One thing I can say about myself I, is I'm a patient person. And, and of course, I was comparing myself to my mom who was highly impatient and a real, you know, doer, go getter. Yeah. She could accomplish more in an hour than I could in a week. So I was comparing myself to her and I thought, okay, I'm patient. And then I have this baby. And uh, for the first time, I'm feeling like continual surges of horrible, passionate impatience. And I remember standing in our living room on that little house that we had fixed up in California and was only fixed up very poor man's version. Because we had no money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And um. I remember standing in the living room and looking in the mirror and saying, "You're not patient, Diane. You thought that that was one of your best traits, and it's not even true about you." Wow! And and just being so humbled by it to realize I, I can't be patient. Mm. I'm a patient person, and I'm a young mom, and I can't be patient with this little boy who I love with all of me mm. fiercely. And realizing for the very first time that I can't do this aside Mm. from the Holy Spirit teaching me Mm. and training me and reminding me and convicting me and actually being patient through me.
1: Yes. Which, of course, in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit... Is? Patience. Yeah. Lot of them Love, is Love, joy, patience. peace, patience. Yes. And so, yes. and Jesus made this so clear in John yeah. 15, where he said, I am the vine. Yes. You are the branches. Yes. Yeah. So we're connected. When we stay connected to him, the there life of Jesus flows through us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we bear fruit. And then he said, but apart from me, if you separate yourself from me, you can do you nothing. You can do nothing. Well, What's that mean, nothing? Well, no good thing. No, yeah. nothing of spiritual value. Mm. So if somebody can be disconnected from God and, you know, make a bunch of money and maybe give mm-hmm. a bunch away and do some good things. But as far as like raising your kids to be passionate Jesus followers or producing spiritual fruit, uh, we can't do on our yes. own. But as yes. we stay connected to him, um, his life will flow through us. Mm-hmm.
0: So that leads us to our final point today. So if you are wondering how to parent and from our own, you know, perspective, how to parent out of your own broken childhood and and without healthy modelings first, be honest about your own brokenness. Second, decide to third, as we just said, submit your operating system to the Holy spirit. And last but not least to end on a high note, there is hope. Mm -hmm. The fourth thing that there is hope Uh, a definition I like is hope is joyous anticipation Mm -hmm. of good that is not yet here Mm -hmm. or is unseen. And I know, Phil, you had a different. What's your? Career? Yeah, what yeah. Do you like? This is. You have a uh, I don't know, quote, know where who similar. said
1: this, but uh, I like it. It's short and succinct. Biblical hope, because we think of hope as, oh, I hope, I hope I get a raise, and I, yeah. I hope I don't get sick for two weeks. Again, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> like soon. you just got done. I hope I could drink coffee again. Yeah. You know, no. Biblical hope is a is a confident expectation, and so the yes. definition of biblical hope is is a confident expectation of coming good. Yes, God is good. A bright future awaits mm-hmm. us. Heaven awaits us. Uh, good things. God has good things in store for us. Mm-hmm. And suffering is part of our life because he, he yeah. fashions us through trials and suffering. But a confident expectation of coming good. I just think about mm-hmm.
0: Psalm 23, yeah. uh, verse 6 surely goodness and love yeah. shall follow me all the days of my life. Yeah. I, I heard a version once or someone paraphrase it and say, surely goodness. And uh, goodness and mercy and goodness and love will mm-hmm. chase after you all the days. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. like chasing yeah. after you, mm-hmm. you know. And and I love that. Like there's hope, even if there's yeah. been brokenness, there is future hope. And when mm-hmm. we lose that hope, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I know in my life. I am so depressed. I'm so out of it. I'm yeah. so. There's grumpy. just nothing. Yes, grumpy. grumpy. Yeah, yeah, when I forget the bigger picture that we're mm-hmm. stepping in mm-hmm. uh, with hope. And I know, Phil, you you know, for some who are sitting here and saying, "I've already failed," I mm-hmm. failed in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had you, you had said something right before about failure that I'd love for you to share.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So we we all we all fail. I mean, yeah. sin is missing the mark. Okay, God God's heart for us and and when we follow him and walk in his ways there's blessing on the other side even mixed with trials and it's mm. not this perfect joyful life and i have millions of dollars in the bank account yeah. none of my kids are sick that's not going to happen <laughs> this side of heaven because yeah. god is transforming us and he lets us hurt like others and we can show them how god has comforted us yeah. in the midst of our trials but Um, So we are going to fail. And then when we acknowledge it, um, good things can happen. And yeah, um, I heard this quote from Francis Chan uh, a while back. um, But before I read the quote, um, I wrote above it here on a card, failure is not fatal nor final. And so sometimes we think, I'm a mess, I really messed up, my parents messed up, there's no hope for me, you know, it's the Eeyore syndrome or whatever. It's it's not fatal or final, it's what you do with it that's important. Mm -hmm. And so Francis Chan said, our greatest fear should not be failure. But rather succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Wow! <laughs> and i I, oh, I read that regularly because it just centers me on yes. that which is eternal. Yes. And so wherever you know you're at, those who are listening today to this podcast, um, just remember. <laughs> there's there's hope sure you're gonna fail i'm gonna fail we're all gonna fail but there's hope and and in lamentations jeremiah who's called the weeping prophet i mean he really suffered but in in lamentations chapter three he says this i recall to mind therefore i have hope Hmm. the lord's loving kindness or mercies indeed never cease his compassions never fail Hmm. they are new every morning Yes. Great is your faithfulness. So you get up the next morning. God is with you. He's a yes. God of hope. His mercies are new every morning. And he says, when I recall this to mind, I have hope.
0: Yes, yeah. I love that. And and Diane, would you mind ending us today? Um, I know you had some wisdom. You know, obviously you are on the other side of this in the mm-hmm. sense of uh, those who might be listening. You've had... You know some broken childhood you didn't have all the examples uh some of those healthy modelings that we, you would have hoped for yet by god's grace and you and your husband together decided to to change that would you mm-hmm. give us perspective i, I know you're like mm-hmm. 41 at this point <laughs> we won't reveal your <laughs> actual for age 20 years yeah. yeah we won't we won't reveal your actual age but you're in the stage of wisdom and can you give yeah. us from your perspective now as a mom as a grandmother um, uh-huh. your perspective and some pieces of wisdom before we go?
2: Well, one comes from um, a psalm I read this morning, actually, as I was praying about this. Um, and we all are familiar with it, Psalm 95, verse 6, because so many worship songs are written about it. And it starts with, Come, let us worship and bow down. Mm. I, I just love that. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watches over. The sheep under his care, just hmm. like you were reading. Yeah. But then some for some reason we leave out the last phrase, and to me it's just the most mm-hmm. hope. Oh, he says, this is David crying out for God, oh, that you would listen to his voice today.
0: Hmm.
2: I I look at that and say, oh, my gosh, you know what that means to me, that he is, I bow down, I worship him, I'm one of the sheep under his care, but he says, oh, that you would listen. I mean, several times, plaintively, God cries this out in the, New Te- in the Old Testament, especially. Oh, that you would listen mm-hmm. to his voice today, mm. which tells me something. He wants to help us. Yes. He wants to speak to us into our own particular faults, flaws, brokenness, background, uh, tendencies. If we will just sit with him. For Mm. me, it's early in the morning when it's still dark and nobody's up. I started getting up early because it was impossible to do with four children wide Mm -hmm. awake. Um, For me, it's in the morning and sitting with his word open saying, I'm reading the scripture, but would you please speak to me? I'm here and I'm listening. I want your voice Mm. above all others. And um, in the midst of sitting and listening, I feel like God has grown me up a lot over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Starting from about age 50, recognizing my own brokenness and why, um, three things really stood out to me in relation to my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one is comes right from Jesus' words, do not judge lest you be judged. Mm -hmm. Right out of Matthew 7, Sermon on the Mount so easy to judge our parents and if we do that we set ourselves up for failure let alone that it's not very nice yeah um we set ourselves up to be judged Hmm. and i think one of the worst judges becomes our own souls i start criticizing and judging every single motive of my family's mistakes and i then easily turn to judging myself constantly too or judging my children or judging other people's
0: Hmm. parenting.
2: So do not judge. And number two, remember context. Um, My parents made some mistakes, especially my mom, but nothing like, I mean, really, if you realize where she started, She loved us so purposely and so generously. She was always showing love to us in so many ways. So you can't take my mom out of the context that she was raised within. And then number three. Don't swing the parenting pendulum too far in the opposite direction. And this is just every generation does this. Okay, so I'm I'm saying this and I did this. Um, it might be for you, maybe one of your parents was too harsh. Mm. And so you just never really take make the effort to train your children because it might hurt their feelings and you don't want to hurt their feelings. Yes. And yet you've robbed them of the training that they need because I tell you what, there's got other people who are not afraid of hurting their feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's swinging the pendulum too far mm-hmm. or... Or being too strict because your parents never gave you any rules. Um, Be really careful and even put community around you to make, if you come from a broken background, you need other voices in your life to help you be balanced Mm because you've got blind spots. In my case, Phil has been that other voice more than anybody else. I go to him for, for good judgment because I know my judgment is a little impaired in certain areas and probably... Is never going to be until I see Jesus face to face, completely Mm -hmm. repaired. Yeah. And so I can bounce things off and of him. And is what I'm feeling so intensely true, or or is it something I just need? Do I just need to go on a walk and settle down and not get all (laughs) upset about it? So three things: don't judge your parents, or you will you'll suffer your own judgment. Don't judge other parents either. Remember to view people in context, which is, yes. you know, kind of the basics of empathy, right? Yes. And yep. compassion. And don't swing the pendulum parenting so far against your parents that you're reactive and you make just as big a mistake. Yes.
0: They oh, I love that is a great way to end today. Thank you for that piece of wisdom. And if you are a, a parent, again, if you have your own broken childhood and you haven't had healthy models The four things to start with be honest with your own brokenness, decide to submit your operating system to the Holy Spirit, and always remember that there is hope. Uh Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed to you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit and we rely on the generous giving of our partners, so please head over to our website intentionalparents.org/give if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.